everyone, welcome to the OFD Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And with me, my comrades in, uh, in whatever the hell that we're doing, uh, Editor Jude Seymour, and uh, I still haven't got a great title yet for Brendan McAlinden, but uh, it's Homeboy B. Fellas, what's up? Hey, uh, great day for Notre Dame athletics. We uh, almost almost a clean sweep on on all the uh, sports, so I'm, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not excited. I'm actually doing pretty horrible. My XFL team that I'm ride or die for is 0 three. <laughs> And um, in two days, Frozen 2 comes out on Blu-ray, and that means I no longer have an excuse not to play that god-awful movie in my house any longer. That is the worst – that is one of the worst Disney movies I think ever made. Just Olaf's song in that movie is uh, the stuff of of nightmares. Most of the animated sequels are awful, but that was really bad. That was just really, really bad and weird and just a dumb premise. Well, guess what? In two days, uh, that bad boy is going to be uh, coming out on Blu-ray, and uh, it's going to be in heavy rotation in the McAllenan household, and I'm not pumped for it. Oh, it, oh it'll be here. Of, of all people in this house, my youngest son, Dylan, the, the meathead, the, the crazy kid that, uh, that I tell lots of stories about because he's just – He's a wild child. We actually took him to the theater to see Frozen 2. He fucking loved it. And so then he literally watched Frozen maybe three times a day. He would just keep going into a room and putting on fro- like the, the first Frozen. Like, you got to be kidding me. Like, you get in his room, we got the, you know, the, the, uh, the Echo Dots or whatever. Alexa, play Frozen soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Like, ah, dude, what are you doing? And it was like for like a month straight. And then it's, uh, it just faded away, which is – or melted away, I guess is a better way to say. I have been dreading the Frozen 2. The, the good news is that the last Star Wars uh, comes out on uh, a digital on St. Patrick's Day. So that's the only movie I'm uh, – we're looking forward – that I'm promoting in this house right now. But I do want to – I do, look – not to dive into the whole Disney Plus uh, Star Wars frozen black hole that we got ourselves into. Uh, I, I do want to go back to what you just said real quick, just to start off this podcast. Dude, it was a hell of a weekend for Notre Dame Athletics. Uh, and just a few hours ago, Notre Dame ended up whipping Miami. Uh, just just threes raining everywhere. Uh, it was a good weekend. Notre Dame hockey swept Michigan up in Ann Arbor and then that God awful fucking ice arena, um, named after a racist, horrible person. Uh, it was, it was a solid weekend for Notre Dame athletics. And we haven't had that in the winter semester a whole lot. This has been a, 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 even Notre Dame baseball won their, uh, won their series too. So, I mean, we're just, there's a lot of celebration. There should be some celebrations going on on campus. Fuck classes. They should cancel classes on Monday. I mean, I felt like perhaps, you know, after that, after watching John Mooney go off tonight uh, and with the women against Richmond and beating Toledo and sweeping, returning the fader to Michigan, sweeping them. It was it was a good day. And I wanted Somebody to listen to it. It was Miami a good day by the, Ice Cube. 
Someone didn't tell Miami that the, those hoops are 10 feet tall. <laughs> oh my goodness all right so we are here tonight and i'm not even sure we're gonna have to ease on into this uh we are here it is it's let so or it's gonna be let this week so we're gonna we're gonna get into that uh so everyone's you know, getting themselves ready. If you're of the Polish persuasion, maybe you, uh, maybe you're already planning a, a big fat Tuesday with some packies. And, uh, I'm not even sure how you pronounce that shit. Is, oh, is it packies? Was it Patsy? No, 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 no. So, um, there's two ways. Here's the story about, uh, punchkis. Um, Poonch? is that how you pronounce them? Well, sort of. So they're called punchkis. <laughs> and how do you every- sort of pronounce them that way? Cause here's the thing with, with punchkis is that, Everyone says Poonchkis. They are Poonchkis. But the idea behind Fat Tuesday, Poonchkis is the plural of the actual word, which is Poonchek. So it's actually a singular one is called a Poonchek. So How if you're going to eat one, there? you're going to eat a Poonchek. Oh, they're Polish. I don't, I don't you know. Damn Poles. Listen, I've, I've, told this story, I've told this story before. My wife's Polish. Family's from around South Bend. They're they're. Pola, they're they're Polacks and Irish. And I, I was married to her for a solid you know, 12, 13 years or whatever. I'd been with her for 14 or 15 years. And I personally, I had never heard a dingus day before in my life. Oh, yeah. Dingus I, day, very important. Italian, this this is not, this is anything. And then when it's it's your pussy willows about out. It, pussy willow beatings. Yeah, pussy willow beatings in the waters. Get the water. Bears, drench people with water, yeah. drinking lots of beer. Schnapps, uh, too. Oh, they love the, schnapps. Your state representative signing sausage. Yeah. It, it, this, this is right up my alley. I was so mad. I yelled at my wife. I yelled at my mother-in-law. I yelled at my sister, sisters-in-law. They all looked at me like I'm crazy. Like, yeah, this is what happens. I'm like, well, where the fuck's it been at this whole time? Not one time has anyone said, hey – Let's raise hell uh, on the Monday after Sunday, or Easter Sunday. This is, this is ridiculous. And so I had vowed then to celebrate a massive dingus day, and I'm going to start diving into some of these Polish traditions seem badass. And so I had vowed then to start doing it, and of course, I, I, I have not completed my vow. <laughs> Bad scheduling. Uh, but uh, but going back to the poochkies, I guess they're called, that's crazy. I, w- I want to call them packies. Well, they're called um, poon- they're they're called punchkis, and that's because the idea is is that you're supposed to eat multiple. You're not supposed to just eat one of these two thousand calorie lard based confectionery creations. Yeah, and you I are supposed to eat light. like two or three of them, and that's why you call them punchkis. And not hey, if anyone if anyone's from around Fort Wayne, y'all need to let me know somehow. Subwaydomer twenty six at gmail dot com. Somehow, where the hell? I can get these bad boys. Kroger doesn't have them. Go to Meyer. Uh, there's a, there's a, no, they're not there. There, there's a bakery out in Waynedale, but that's a little bit more of a drive than I care to do. Last, last year, I think I just, I stopped at a donut store and got some jelly filled donuts. <laughs> it's just kind of a holdover instead. So looking forward to that week. We're going to get to that. But first gentlemen, how would you, how would you guys like some, some good news? Do you like to eat your ego stroked a little bit? <laughs> Sure. I always enjoy that. Go for it. Yeah. You know, we, I guess this is usually like, or not usually, we did it last time we did the beginning of the podcast, but 
I like to do this at the beginning of the podcast. This kind of sets the tone. Let you guys know you're getting a five-star performance uh, from this crew here. And so tonight, uh, as per our new tradition, uh, we are, you know, if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, I will read that review on the podcast. Whatever it says, I will read it within <clears throat> obvious reasons. But if you just want to blast us and tell us we're morons, I'll, I'll read that. Uh, so leave us a rating. Uh, five stars are great, but whatever you feel like, leave a review and I will read it. And that's what I'm going to do right now. So I got three of them tonight. And guess what? They're all five stars. Wait, 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 okay? wait, wait. Time out, time out. Are we sure they're five stars and they didn't get <laughs> bumped down to a four star at the last moment? <clears throat> rivals rivals I, reconsidered I, our, our rating. <laughs> I double checked 15 We're not about later, to get buckner are half, we? Then a half hour later. We, we are not getting Tyler buckner Okay. All right. Continue. I, I, be, I believe these guys have uh, a little more honor than scruples. They have scruples. Yes. Yes. So let's uh, let's get into that right now. So the first one here from uh, Amajan. Always enjoy the show. This is by far my favorite podcast. I enjoy the special guests and the banter. I always listen to you guys when I'm out running. You guys help make my long runs even more enjoyable. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you, Amajan. Uh, hopefully we get some more special guests uh, coming around. There are some plans for uh, bringing Ty back. Uh, I'm sure we'll grab Carter back because we're going to need some food takes. Uh, and kind of maybe a few more. Sure, we'll um, lose Josh. <laughs> what's that? You'll lose Did we me. lose Josh? Oh, no, we got him. He's here. Did I get lost? Oh, man, you might have got lost. I thought I thought all of a sudden I just read an entire review and mute again. Oh, no, no, I got it. And uh, it was uh, he said, um, Josh and Brennan are great. Uh, Jude, uh, your linebackers are slow. OK, keep this, going. This is, this is fantastic. People are giving us five stars. and We're not even sure if we're trying to get out here. All right. Next one up. Brand Brand 62. The best ND podcast out there. I look forward to listening to you guys every week. Whether during the season or in the lawn off season, being deep in Southern Cal territory leaves me with no one to talk about ND football. So this podcast is how I get my ND fix. I especially enjoy Josh's never say die spirit in his season predictions, clashing with Jude's tepid and depressing outlooks. It has a nice balance and the season usually ends up in between the two. The exchanges between you two are hilarious and extremely entertaining. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you, Bran Bran. I have no idea if Jude even heard that because we're having these technical difficulties, which Jude, did yeah, you hear? I, I, I just I just came back to hear that I have really tepid uh, and depressing outlooks. Which, yeah, you're depressing <laughs> as fuck, dude. You're, I I apologize. Bring, I apologize bring the, for the typing. The list is down. I'm just I'm I'm having a bad I'm having a bad uh, day, I guess. Uh, I, I have no idea what's going on. But uh, Brand, we appreciate the uh, the review. Nevertheless, uh, I'll try to be less depressing. I don't know. You can. I think you can have the same level of depression, just less tepid. Okay. I, I will. I will bring very animated depression. <laughs> All right. Last one here from Major Frank. I almost thought this was from Mike Frank for a minute, and I about pooped myself, uh, especially with the with the last line here. Uh, but uh, no, this is from Major Frank. These guys are great. As an avid listener to just about every podcast that is Notre Dame football related, I have to say I look forward to this one the most. Thank you guys for not taking yourselves too seriously and proving informative content 
with the feel of three somewhat regular dudes obsessing at the local watering hole. Much appreciated, guys. Keep it, or it says keep it just to be, oh, keep probably keep it up. But just to be safe, I want to credit Tim Priester for this review. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's Priester just uh, expanding his clout right there. People, people are worried to tweet because he's going to quote tweet him back. I wonder if he'll quote podcast us back. I, I doubt it. <laughs> oh, shoot. So there really isn't a whole lot of Notre Dame news, um, Notre Dame football news uh, right now. It's just one of those dead periods right now in which, you know, readers at the site are yelling at us because we're talking about terrible losses of the past and then, you know, just some other things, just your normal off-season content, just kind of like – Stuff where you're just you're sitting around. It's your normal conversation this time of year, and it's all good. Um, but we are all are uh, a little bit thirsty, as the kids would say, uh, you know, for some new content, for some new stuff coming up. And that's not going to happen until uh, was that March fifth of Brian Kelly's first first. Uh, it'll be the press conference to kick off spring spring football. So we got well, just we a do, wee bit of. We do the NFL Combine, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited well, about that, but I, I get I get what you're what you're driving at. So keep going. Yeah, just just with the team itself, but yes, obvi- obviously the combine and the draft all very important, and I think we're all looking forward to seeing you know how fast like Troy Pride runs uh, and and things of that nature. Uh, Jude and I are probably going to have to get into some arguments and side bets about the draft, um, as I am the reigning champion, uh, holding my Drew Tranquil Trophy. High and proud. But uh, I mean, but yeah, it, it's a little, it's a little light right now, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Uh, sometimes no news is great news, uh, especially when you talk about Notre Dame off season. Uh, but you know, recruiting starting to really fire up. But you're not going to get a whole lot of big recruiting news until those spring visits start to uh, start to roll in uh, sometime around mid March. Yeah, end of but, March is the big one, right? Uh, well, uh, it's the weekend of the tw- like twentieth to the twenty second. Yeah, it, that's the. It, is the monster one. I mean, there's going to be multiple, multiple five stars, big, big names. A lot of our commits are going to be there. Um, it, it's lining up to be like the weekend. So it's like, from what I'm gathering, it's going to be like, it's like half commits is like six. So there's gonna be like 17, 18, um, kids, I think is what is lean or is moving towards. And uh, half of those would be guys that are already committed. So Shipley's coming, all the big linemen, um, you know, yeah, Rocco Spindler. Buckner's uh, going to be there, so that's yeah, important. The, the whole, yeah. the whole crew's co- – I mean, everybody – yeah, I would be very surprised if we don't come out with at least Notre, two or three. Notre Dame's number one recruiter, Blake Fisher, is going to be there. <laughs> yeah, number and one, number two, Tyler Buckner, Buckner is going to be there too. Yeah. Where did you guys so, get all this information? Is it Tim Priester, Irish Illustrated? Or? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carter Carlos had some problem. of it. Yeah. <laughs> I do get uh, a lot of it probably Loy. from, Hey, Loy called me this weekend or messaged me this week. Wanted me to get in a basketball league in Fort Wayne on Thursdays. Wow. Uh, unfortunately I was tied up. So I'll be, I'll be dunking on Loy. I mean, as long as they're like eight and a half foot rims, I'll be dunking on Loy. <laughs> you could put a hand in the face, right? Maybe slap the floor, play a little D. I, he, I guarantee he's a lot quicker than, than my fat ass. He, he's got to yeah. go up. That was, that'd be, you, that'd be you'd be, you'd be, you'd be wheezing pretty hard, I think. Oh, it'd be hardcore wheezing. 
I bought three fucking inhalers for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you heard this voice. I haven't smoked in 12 years and I'm still raspy. So, <laughs> so it is what it is, but no, unfortunately I can't be in that league, but yeah, Tom Loy, look, all, all, the guys from the regular recruiting sites. And, and I, I think I made, made a little point on a, on a article recently, but guys over at rivals guys at 24 seven Carter over at, uh, and the insider, the guys who are at Irish sports daily, well, they're dropping news like offers and all that. That's their news. That's not me. That, a lot of that isn't for me to even regurgitate. That's them dropping news. Other sites that are doing it. I don't know why uh, it's not your news, dude. <laughs> it, it really, it really isn't. Uh, it's, you're not calling these cats. Uh, I, I like our, I think our coverage aims to be more analytical in nature, uh, uh, which I think is a little more fair. Uh, if you want some premium information, look, man, they, there's pick your poison. There's, there's four really good sites. Exists. Yeah. There's four really good sites. Um, I think they all do a, a good job in, in their own way. Um, you know, I'm not going to prop one up over the other. I, I do say support your local paper, the South Bend Tribune. And I, uh, and I like Carter a lot. He's a cool cat. Tom Lloyd does a great job. He puts in a lot of work over there at 24-7. So if you're looking for a premium service to find to get all this, the goody good news, go get one, man. They're out there. <laughs> um, we will uh, we will crack jokes and look at roster numbers and do all sorts of analytical shit with it. Um, but I'm not going to – we're not going to report every offer that goes out. All that, that's not our gig, man. I'm starting to sound like a, like a fucking – like, like a beatnik. <laughs> hey, <laughs> back, hey, hey, groovy cat. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Just groovy cats a, out there looking for the recruiting news. Yeah. 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 Oh, give it to me. Yeah. All right. Put it away. Well, man. Well, man. Yeah. We. Can. <laughs> right. I'm just here to make jokes about movies that came out uh, 28 years ago. Never mind. Keep yeah, going. but. Yeah, but you can make you can make references to Swiberry so to Axe Murder. It's like Princess Bride. Like that's it's an it's an everyday it's an everyday occurrence. <laughs> All right, so like we said, it's Lent. It's gotta be Lent this week. And and uh, what do you do? You, you're, you're giving things up. So we kind of wanted to talk a little bit, just a wee bit about what do you think Notre Dame football should give up for Lent? And I. There are no other parameters <laughs> when we when we do this. Uh, hey, let's do a podcast. All right, what about this? Yeah, we can do this. It's the only parameter given. So I have no idea what uh, what direction any of us are going to go into. Uh, but Jude, yeah. now that you are technically sound over there, yeah. So one of the, one of the things that I think Notre Dame should give up, um, and this is um, for for the sake of the beat writers, is. They should either go all in on allowing media practice or media access to all practices, or they should just completely shut the door. I think this um, half in, half out thing is really frustrating because um, I've listened to enough uh, reporting from spring practices, and the takeaways that come out of these spring practices are rarely ever correct. I mean, the things that we worried about last spring because of what we heard. Um, we're just not even, we're not even close to what the actual, uh, problems were or, or solutions during the season. So I think it's a lack of, 
um, good access. I, I don't think there's anything. Well, I mean, gain- la- last year there was a lot of access, though. I mean, there, and which is probably why, probably why the reports seem so different than what we saw because they were seeing everything. Whereas the coaches were just, they were trying to get what they could find to see. And then they go back to their meetings, which we're, you know, which no media is in and they're talking about it and breaking down their practice film and all that good stuff. And they're going from there. Whereas the media is just seeing their, you know, it's like seeing half of an experiment. Right. they're They're seeing windows and a lot of those windows are stretching. So it's like, you know, they're they're trying to glean from whatever they can, and and I'm not blaming them. I mean they've got they've got a job to do, but at the same time, like if you go back and listen to the things that they were concerned about, and that and by by extension they made us concerned about cheap um, linebackers. Yeah, exa- exactly right. Um, you know, secondary big question marks in the secondary. Um, you know, yeah, kicking game. Jonathan Dorr, is he going to get replaced? Like you know. Um, Phil Jerkovic, good days and bad days. You know what I mean? Like it just, that stuff never mattered. And I just, I think it's a, it's, it's, they're trying to do the best that they can, but Notre Dame's either got to give them more access or, or take away all the access. I just, I, I hate this like half in some days you're here. Some days you get an hour window. Some days you get full practices. Some, and, and also cut the nonsense with the not talking to the assistant coaches. I mean, I get the whole like idea that, um, you know, you want one voice and the coach to be one voice or whatever, but the coach doesn't know everything. And it would re- be really nice to hear from some of these assistant coaches because they know their position groups a lot better um, than the head coach does. And that's just the God's honest truth. That's the one that I think is the most important is getting more media availability to the coaching staff because. But I mean, how many schools across the country like Clemson? Their, I don't care. Their, I don't Clemson, care. I mean, Clemson I, puts, I, I, you know, I, I'm just. Re- I'm using that as an example of like it's kind of the norm. Whereas like Boston College, they just came out and said that shit. They're they're gonna allow reporters into the locker room. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be like Wake Forest a little trouble. Remember when Wake Forest had uh, the 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 announcer guy end up selling out the wasn't that a thing? Yeah, it was a the big the big problem. Yeah. The big the problem is, is that yeah, Wakey leaks. The big problem is is there's schools like LSU that have absolutely zero media availability. Michigan notoriously, Jim Harbaugh has a submarine, but then Clemson is um, they're about as available as it gets. Alabama's pretty locked down, um, so it, which then all of his disciples because they they go with that Belichickian method of you can't see anything at any point. I don't care if reporters and analysts and I guess uh, site people get a chance to see spring practices because then they have to put on the hat of evaluating talent, which might not necessarily be something that they're as apt to doing is being able to glean questions from and ascertain information from a um, assistant coach. I'd like to hear what Clark Lee has to say about things rather than hearing right. – People who see just a, a cookie cutter, cut and dry, forty-five minute practice session that was basically set as a layup for the media to view. I'd rather have Clark Lee with a hot mic, being peppered with questions about, "Hey, what are you doing with cornerbacks three and four? Uh, what does that that other safety spot on the oppo side of Kyle Hamilton, uh, blessed be him, 
what what is that looking like? What what is your um, you know edge rotation looking like at defensive line? Rather than trying to pick apart whatever they want to sell you, because how many different linebacker rotations did we have to sit there and hear about um, having people, you know, having uh, the various sites attend spring practice? I mean, how how silly how silly were we? I mean, it was, it, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but you look back and how obvious was it that they were just they were searching around for different combinations, and they had this practice time to do it. I mean. A lot of people forget, except for me, because I bring it up every time when they talk about Drew White coming out of nowhere. And I'm like, you know, Drew White was listed as the starter day one in spring. Yeah. Uh, he had an injury, which was unfortunate. And then everyone just kind of like forgot about it. But he was the number one guy that that Clark Lee had out there as the Mike going into spring. So, I mean, there is some stuff to, to get from it. And I just watching the way they rotated those guys around. You had to know that nothing that you saw was was going to be you know, projecting the reality uh, throughout the season. They were just they're getting in work, trying to get as much information as possible. The problem might have been too much access in that regard. Yeah. I, I'm with Jude and went all in, but more as a yes with the assistant coaches. It'd be nice to hear from them more, but also the the offering of players. <clears throat> now for me, like so when I'm covering a game. I'm really not all that interested in interviewing the players afterwards. And, it, and it's not a disrespect to them, but number one, they got enough people up their ass asking them the same questions. Uh, and, you know, every once in a while, I'll have some fun with them. Uh, I think Nick Weischer was, was a good example when, uh, when I asked him about uh, everyone calling him dad on the team and uh, he just had a rocking dad bod. Uh, that was a fun one after, after a game, after a win. Uh, but, just the number of guys, the guys that they bring out there, there's they, there's always one or two after every game where it's like you really want to know, you want to ask them some questions about what's going on to get some insight. And it's those guys are the guys that, are, that aren't out there. You know, like I can't remember which games it was in particular last year, but the ones where Ian Book wasn't put out in front of the media. I'm like, look, I understand them trying to protect these guys to a degree, but at the same time, it's almost exacerbating the situation. By not allowing them, you're you're allowing you know the what's the old adage about you know about rumors uh, you know if you, if you <laughs> some about you know a lie can get halfway around the world before a truth can get its pants on yeah, yeah something like that but I mean you, you want to be able to address these things up front and I I think Notre Dame does a poor job of of putting it you know of being able to just put the honesty out there and I mean. Look, most of Notre Dame's beat writers are pretty honorable guys. Uh, this isn't a Ohio like Ohio State, for example. There's a lot of like massive homers there, and to an, to an extent where it's just it's just bad journalism. Where I think their press room and their the guys at Notre Dame should know that. I mean, those guys are pretty. They're not out to get anybody. Uh, they're they're just out to to get some answers. So, you know, there, there's nothing vindictive in there that, in that press room where they're, you know, they're trying to, to corner a kid into saying something. Um, you know, they do that on their own anyways in silly ways, like Liam Eikenberg and beating the shit out of Virginia Tech, which is that's the kind of interview you want. That's none of the none of these guys are saying anything anyways uh, is, is the big issue. I mean, so who, why are you not bringing them out there? Because even when you put them out there, they're not saying anything. These guys are pretty well trained. Uh so yeah, I 
I'm agreeing with you a lot on this, Jude, but it, it's such a bigger, bigger, <laughs> bigger thing. Um, I mean, square square this circle for me, okay? I'm a club president. Like, we have a local Notre Dame club or whatever. And uh, went to a regional meeting, got to talk to some alumni association reps, and they were explaining to us that the football office reached out to them and said, hey, we want to get some of our assistant coaches in front of your alumni clubs um, because we want to give them uh, experience speaking like in, in front of groups. OK, that was that was really put to, put in front of you guys. But, uh, no, not a spe- uh, specifically. We weren't we weren't asked, but they did. A, they did like a little like a mini dog and pony show. And I think they went to some clubs run. in uh, Indiana, Michigan, Ohio. I, I think it was like close, if I recall correctly. And, it, and I, I might be wrong on the, those details, so don't hold me to it. But basically, they went out and did these little mini tours where like, you know, Mike Elston got to speak to two or three clubs or whatever. Like, OK, so you have no problem with them doing that with, uh, you know, the 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 alumni association clubs. So why can't you run them in front of the media? Like, I don't I just I, like if you if they're if they're ready to go, they're ready to go. If they're not ready to go, then give give them the reps that they need. But if you also think that's a valuable skill, then let them go out there and and do it in front of the media. And like, you're right. If they fail, like they fail. But so what? Like they're not it's not anything that they it's not anything that's going to be catastrophic that you can't clean up with the head coach. So yeah, and it's nothing that's going to be. I mean, no, like I said, no one is out to embarrass any of these guys. I mean, that's just not how it, I mean, that's just not how it works really anywhere. <laughs> I mean, unless, unless someone really has like an agenda uh, stuck up their ass and I just don't see that, um, you know, coming from, you know, from the beat, it just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, but they've done so many other things like the third, like Thursdays, like the way they've done Thursdays now with, <clears throat> with pulling back all that coverage and, you know, now you can, instead of interviewing Brian Kelly after Thursday practice, you can go to the, to the coach's show while he answers handpicked questions from fans and you can report on that. I mean, it's just, they are pulling the rug. So yeah, yeah, it is, it is a giant waste of time. And I just, I don't understand Notre Dame's thought process here other than trying to control their own stories, but they're just making it way more frustrating and harder. They could get better stories letting the people who do this for a living do their fucking job rather it, than making them st- stenographers. The other thing is Eric Hansen is going to ask the first question about who's injured. So just why don't you hand out an injury report? Then everyone's got the same information. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's that's no diss on Eric. But it's like if the question is, is going to be asked, if people are genuinely interested and by the way, we're always interested in who's who's hurt and who's not. And I and I get that there's tactical um, reasons why you may withhold. Well, somebody's something. gonna ask. You're right. Somebody's but if somebody's ask. going to ask, then like just just put it on a sheet of paper and hand it out. Yeah, you can it's, thank Bill Belichick for all of this. It's, it's by all, the way. well, it's all it's all strategic because if if you have to ask the question, if you have to ask the question about injuries, that takes up a question. And time within the the time they're allowing the coach yeah. to be out, so it takes away from from any other. I mean, it, I'm dead serious. This is how this stuff works. So the, all of, you have a whole you don't have a whole lot of time with these guys, win or lose. I mean, it's a grand total of about ten to fifteen minutes maximum. You know, with Brian Kelly after a game, after you waited an hour and a half for him to get in there, it's it's so. 
questions become at a premium. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's just it, it's just a strategy to keep to to keep everything on lock. That's it. Yeah, and all of this started with I mean the amount of fun sound bites that you've had from coaches basically since Bill Belichick came into the NFL and set how these press conferences go, you never, it's like blood from a stone getting it for most of these coaches and the less availability that you have, um, especially with the assistant coaches, the less you'll ever get at all. You know, I'm not, I'm not part of the cult of Mike Leach, but I got to tell you, I would be very excited it's refreshing. To, be in the, to be in the press room after, after a game or whenever with Mike Leach uh, because of the way he answers questions. Now, look, Mike Leach is an asshole like anybody else, where if they lose, he's going to have some dickhead things to say, and he has. But there are the other times, too. I mean, there's just some genuinely genuine moments uh, with that, and you're just getting less and less of that um, from Notre Dame and from Brian Kelly. And I think that's a I think it's a bad move in Notre Dame's part because I think of of all the things Brian Kelly is, when he's in front of a microphone and he's allowed to be – and he allows himself to be himself. I, I think he shines more than than you know than you would think. I mean, a lot of people think of like uh, you know you know people bring up like Brian Kelly throwing players under the bus or whatever, and he's done that a few times, yeah. But he's taken the sword a lot more times, a lot more times than you know that he's like putting blame out there. People will take one example and make that you know the thing where he's put it on himself a hundred times. And yeah, he uses cliches and all that good stuff. But when you let Brian Kelly just kind of be be him and talk, you're going to get a little bit more info out. It just it's just it's I don't know. It is very it is very controlled. It is very uh, bland. Uh, it's just it's it's not a whole lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not it's just not it's not and it's not interesting. Well. What would well if we're gonna go fun? What would you give up for London, Josh? If if it's not this this coaching uh, oh, thing, how about how how much time we got tonight, fellas? I, I think I said a short podcast, right? I mean, <laughs> where where do I start, Jude? I mean, do I start with with scheduling Navy every year or the Shamrock series? Oh, I cross some things off my list. All right, but you know, I mean, we're. I, yes, the Shamrock series actually bothers me more than fucking Navy, which is amazing, but it is such a fucking ridiculous concept that has no place in modern day college football. It has none. And every argument for, I can take and, and chew up and spit out. Wait, I got an argument for, if you guys want, give me, give me an argument, be the play devil's advocate. All right, here we go. Why should Notre Dame have have the Shamrock Series? Recruits are really excited that Notre Dame spending one of their home games this season to play a game in Lambeau Field against Wisconsin. They're just they're just biting at the chomp for Notre Dame to have willingly given up a home game to play in Lambeau against Wisconsin. They're excited. All Which could all, be a top all, ten Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Look, fun jerseys, okay. fun jerseys, fun jerseys. So the recruiting class is seven is seventeen players, uh, or whatnot. Maybe half of those guys travel uh, to this game. Maybe they take them all. Uh, so what? Who's going to see the field? It's no big fucking deal. Uh, most of these guys think they're going to play in the NFL. Uh, they're going to play in that stadium one day, anyways. No big deal. Yeah, it's, it's, half it's, of it's the cool. Kids that it, graduate Notre Dame, 
Notre it, Dame ended up in Minnesota side, anyway. It is a side bit, or San Diego, or uh, Los Angeles Chargers, you mean? Yeah, Chargers or, or uh, the, Minnesota. The Shamrock Series is something that, that the Board of Trustees of Notre Dame loves because it's an opportunity to get some synergy between the football program the the clubs the alumni association the you know the fundraising arm the endowment people um you know that's that's why they love it if you try to make sense out of it from a purely football standpoint you can never make you can never add it up i mean you you could have said i'm still trying to make sense of it as a business standpoint you could have said you could have said like oh well the reason they play at Arizona State in Texas instead of Arizona is because we want to rec- we want to recruit kids in Texas we want to show them that we play big games in Texas or whatever okay that makes sense until you go to New York City or you go to Wisconsin and well, you're not San Antonio Texas you're, you're not recruiting kids there you know what no, I mean you're not and- hey Jude I got a question for you did you go to the 2010 game against Army at Yankee Stadium hell no. Oh. Did you go to? I mean, I did, New, go, I, I did go to the pinstripe bowl against Rutgers. So what am, what am I? What am I saying? You know, what am I? Why am I decrying the Shamrock? Well, it wasn't even Shamrock series then. So yeah, no, no, the the the, Q scape, the, the Shamrock that was the pinstripe. Uh, did you go to the Syracuse game? The the where they wore the pinstripe unis in 2018. No. 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 Because I mean, because you know what. I live an hour. I live an hour north of Syracuse. To go to to schlep all the way to the New Meadowlands in New Jersey to go watch Syracuse play Notre Dame, like that's 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 encouraging bad behavior. I'm not I'm not for encouraging Notre Dame to take a to take a game that would actually be close to me and move it farther away for the almighty dollar. I get why they do it. I'm just I I don't want to be party to it. I, I'm still trying to figure out the the whole dollars and cents thing. Like honestly, like these venues are not letting these schools use their stadiums rent free. So if you're putting a home game there, Josh, uh, the New New Metalheads gave Syracuse and Notre Dame $4.5 million each in 2014 to play that, that game there instead of, uh, instead of the carrier dome. Like it makes sense. And and you bring that example up as the one example. Purdue and Lucas oil. I imagine Lucas oil paid, um, for Notre Dame to play, uh, I just, there. Well, so what, what's there? What's how I still don't see what, how, okay. Let's just, that money that they, that the stadium gives them, how much money is Notre Dame losing out on, on everything else on, on campus? So, Not to mention, you know, I mean, with everything, parking vendors, because everything vending inside the stadium, I mean, is Notre Dame getting a cut of the vendors inside the stadium? Yeah. I doubt that, especially if they're getting paid. Oh. By, I mean, so well, the city of Mishawaka hurts. I, I am not. I am not. Yeah, I, mean, I would, I would say it hurts South there's, Bend more than it hurts Notre Dame. Yeah, it hurts South well, Bend. It hurts Alcard. It hurts Mishawaka. There's a huge financial windfall from playing these games. No, I, 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 don't not, think, I, don't, I don't think that. I don't it, think it's a huge it, financial windfall. Someone's going to have to line up a spreadsheet for me to show me that that this is a significant amount of money. Other than that, what the fuck? I mean, I understood it. I I didn't like it. But I was I was actually okay with the shit teams, whatever, because what the hell are you doing taking a top taking a school like Wisconsin and taking them taking away your your home field on a, on a field that you've won what nineteen in a fucking row, so now you're gonna go away from that? I mean, we're just now getting back to Notre Dame Stadium 
being having some home field advantage, at least at least from a straight wins and losses standpoint, there's there's an advantage there now. And you're going to go put him up there. And I, I believe it's it's even ticket allotment. Am I right, Jude? I, I believe so. That was the. Yeah. Yeah. Even ticket allotment. So it's like you you half what's got. It, it's a fucking bowl game. What what the hell are you doing? That that's not how you that's not how you win a, help yourself win a, fo- a big football game in the middle of the season on a game that you absolutely have to win to do anything. Notre well, Dame we're gonna get the uni swatches and they're gonna come out and we're gonna all get all excited for, about what they're gonna they're gonna look like. Game. You get a universe every game. They've already proved that with with Navy at home a few years ago. They did that with Florida State. <laughs> I mean, it is not. It's not that big. A, they could make a uniform for a game. It's not that big a deal. Yeah, but, but now it gets to be Green Bay Packers themed uniform. And then when we do the return trip to Soldier Field in 2021, it'll be like Chicago Bears themed. And again, um, Jonathan Duro will kick a field goal off the upright and just complete the, the again, beauty that is theirs. All I see are arguments that are in favor for that are completely riddled with the only one that well, makes sense at all is, is Jude's Board of Trustees one. And I fucking don't care what they think. <laughs> I don't. I I think the whole concept around brand and synergy with the none of that shit fucking matters. Winning matters, and that's barnstorming. Well, well, I, I guess winning, we, get, we just winning, admit- winning does everything else for you. It, it does everything else for you. Notre Dame as a brand is Notre Dame is Notre Dame because they won, not because they barnstormed. Is because they fucking won. And even if it was because they barnstormed, you already did that shit. It, it, this isn't 1920. Well, can <laughs> you we don't just, have to do that anymore. We just, can we just admit, though, every time we have this conversation, I just want to remind everyone, we don't have the full information. We have no exactly. idea what what kind of numbers they're looking at and what, what and kind of impact it has. I just I, – we're making you have the, you have the one You have the one FOIA of, of uh, from Wisconsin-Notre Dame, right? Right. That, that was, but that, that, that's not that's not an agreement with um, the Packers organization or Lambeau right, Field right. or anything about that in terms of what they and what kind of cut they're getting. It was just from. the cut. It's just a scheduling agreement. It was just between Wisconsin and Notre Dame. It says right. basically how are we going to divvy up the tickets, right? And that's and what I'm, and that's what I'm who saying. Who gets to broadcast the game? You know, you're right. I, we do not have the full information. That's why I'm saying I don't know about the financials. Like if, if you're telling me that they're making more money doing this, then okay, but. To me, for it to make any sense, it would have to be a a pretty decent windfall. I mean, I just don't see how how it's a financial windfall. I Brian think Cashman I back to Brink's money, chip. Brian no, Cashman no, I'm not saying back to Brink's truck. Money either. Right. Brian Cashman That's, back to Brink's truck up to the Goog and delivered gold bars himself for that giant Yankees advertisement that was the 2018 Shamrock Series game, right? Because that was a giant love letter to the uh, Yankees baseball team, complete with the fact that Notre Dame came out looking like the fighting Derek Jeters. And they'll probably do the same thing with the Packers this year. They're going to wear some stupid Packers-themed uniform. There'll be a, an ND on the in the in the. I, I mean, I. I got to be honest with you, Brennan. I really do feel like they learned their lesson. I mean, the the I feedback that they got from that was was unanimous and loud, and people did not like Notre Dame subverting its own brand for the Yankees. And they so, they wore the worst helmet Jude, I, I've I, ever I, seen in professional sport, in professional or amateur sports. Jude, I want to believe you on that point. 
I want to believe you like badly. And, and, you know, we've known some of these people are involved in there for a long time. And you, you would think that, but Notre Dame just has a way of continually fucking this up. Uh, and I don't think it's like, I'm not a, not a green detractor. I'm not a huge detractor of the Shamrock series uniforms throughout their, throughout this time. Uh, I think most of them have been just fine. There's been a couple that like, you know, the ones in 2013 were hot fire. Uh, the whites. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, this isn't a constant thing. Like I, I, I'm not just, I'm not standing here with my arms crossed saying everything about this is awful. It's just like, I just find the scheduling this scheduling these games. My whole point about this is scheduling these games, the way that they're doing it now, where Jack had said that they're going to be, it's going to be opponent driven rather than location driven. Well, now you're really fucking it up. You did. It was bad enough in 2018 when we took a home game out of November to go to New York when we're traveling to San Diego, L.A., New York. It was fucking ridiculous. Those guys were dead in L.A. in the final game. And somehow they managed through. They bailed Jack Swarbrick's ass out or or whatever. But you're now you're going to take – and that was Syracuse. And I know people want to have – oh, it's top 15 Sy- – it was a fucking Syracuse team with a coward for a head coach that got blown out. Coward. Now, but now you want to take a Wisconsin team who is probably going to be ranked in the top ten. They lost a lot. I mean, they did lose a lot. This, I, I'm not sure how they're going to be, how good they really are going to be this year. But just looking, <laughs> just looking at historically, you know, they're, this is a solid, solid top ten, top fifteen team. You would have, you would have fucked that up. And not only that. Not only that, but I'm a college football fan. I find no joy in any of this neutral site shit. I think it's a sham. It's a fucking disgrace. I want Wisconsin inside Notre Dame Stadium. I want Notre Dame inside Camp Randall. I don't give a fuck how rowdy it is, how many beer bottles I get hit with in the head. And look, beer beer is like grass blades in Wisconsin. They have no problems throwing full uh, unopened beer bottles at, uh, at fans. Ask the Buckeyes. It is what it is. It's a college campus. This is what it's, it's great. And when people argue about the Shamrock series, they'll bring up like some of the, they go, Hey, I went to this one. It was fun. We had a great time. All right. Jude, have, have you had a good time at most Notre Dame home games? Sure. Uh, have you had a really good time when they've had a big win at home? Oh, of course. When have they done yeah, that? Yeah. It's fucking fun when we win. No shit. Like, oh my God. Surprise. Things are fun when you'll fucking win. No shit. That's the weakest argument I could ever hear is, well, I had a good time there. Yeah. Who doesn't have a good time winning? Uh, but you're <laughs> playing some team. Now you want to start throwing. Now they're going to start putting up a better opponent. According to Jack, it's going to be a little tough. It's going to be tougher. Your, your good time ain't going to be so good. Make it a little easier. I don't, I don't I, people have, People have strong feelings one way or the other about this, uh, and some people don't really care. Uh, I am on the side of get rid of it. That, that is your Lent for life removal through the Shamrock series. And that's that's huge for me. If I'm not picking Navy, dropping Navy full time, this is the big one for me. How about Brendan? Oh, I'll tell you what I'm giving up for Lent. That's the motherfucking punt. I'm never <laughs> punting again. It's over. Punting's done. 
punting is Notre Dame needs to be on the forefront of this revolution of never punting again. Ever. Another Mike Beach reference? No. Yeah. Well, yeah. No. Never punt again. There is no purpose whatsoever in punting. If if you and especially, oh my God, if you are on the other side of the fifty yard line and you punt, you should be immediately fired as a head coach. It doesn't matter if it's fourth and it doesn't matter if it's fourth and fifteen or fourth and two. It doesn't matter because the difference between the team scoring, the analytics are out because people do the analytics. Starting a drive at, at your own fi- at your own five yard line, there is only a fifteen percent difference between whether or not you score starting at your five yard line or your forty yard line. So, so it doesn't. So, I mean, so you don't punt from your own. Don't punt. You're three and you're three and out on your own eight yard line. Don't punt. You don't punt. Just don't it's punt. It's not three and out. It's it's four and out. It's four and out because because you're. Oh. you're because it changes the entire way – because you're not going to be three and out because it changes the entire way that you call plays. It's like – Yeah, they're just you, – You look – the way that you look at the football game completely changes. If you take the punt completely out of the equation, the way that you call a play on third down is not going to be the same. You're more willing to pick up – like because there will be those short little outlets where they'll let you pick up five, six yards because they're like, yeah, well, whatever. It changes so, the entire way that you call a football game if you're just like fucking. Before it, I'm Notre not Dame, playing. before Notre Dame goes down this philosophy, I really hope they check out Under Armour's new Riot Gear collection <laughs> uh, because the co- the coaches are going to need to wear some Riot Gear. There, there is a, uh, a high school football coach, and there's a documentary um, that Grantland put out by a guy named Kevin Kelly, and he is a high school football coach. Not only did, I'm not going to go too crazy. Cause he says that he never punts, but he goes straight Madden and he only onsides kicks. I, I'm not willing to go down that route because the, the math isn't quite there for it because on fourth down teams typically hit it at like a 50% rate on fourth down. And it just, it, it will, if, if there is a division one football team that wants to do this, they will completely revolutionize the sport. The metrics is out there for it that, basically prove out that you should not punt and for so, Lent I'm giving up punting that's it it's over I'm done with punting so so let me get this straight at Notre Dame we are going to allow as much access as possible yes uh, while having at least seven home games a year uh <laughs> in which we do not punt yeah but they were 68 percent in fourth down conversions last year um, they're 64% in 2018, um, 2017, oof, way down at their 55% conversion rate, 2016, the down year. The reason they suck so hard is because they were at 40%. So, I mean, you tell me what's the, what's the NCAA average. Do you have any idea? Uh, yeah, ooh, that's a good question. I can give you the median. Uh, do you want the median mean or mode? <laughs> I don't know. Surprise me. <laughs> uh, we'll just go with the uh, the median, right? So there's 130 teams. Let's just see what the um, the, guy, the guy that runs the 65th uh, ranked the 65th ranked team in college football <clears throat> last year, the Ole Miss Rebels, 53 um, percent. Okay. The guy that runs the uh, Washington State or one of the guys on the Washington State SB Nation site uh, that does a lot of the the Tableau stuff. They do have a fourth down. They do keep track of uh, uh, a bunch of fourth down stuff for for college football. Um, I can't yeah. I can't quite remember that is. That's why I hate right playing too. Navy. <clears throat> but uh, 
but some of the some of the results are actually quite surprising. Yeah, it's one of the reasons I hate playing Navy is because when you're playing Navy, you know probably they're going to go for it on fourth down. And if Notre Dame is transitioning to the T offense in 2023, it just makes sense, right? It absolutely makes sense. And that, that was one of my arguments. That, um, uh, Notre Dame was 33rd in the nation in um, attempted fourth down. So I, I give kudos to Brian Kelly last year um, for having the the cojones to, to go for it. And typically he has been um, somebody who's, who sort of pushed the envelope of, of trying to go for, uh, he's always been in the top 40. He was 38th in 2018. And, um, I do like that about Brian Kelly is there's a little bit of, um, you know, riverboat gambler, a little maverick, uh, little maverick, um, Mel Gibson to him. Maverick. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break real quick. Uh, and where I can say real quick one more time and, uh, pay some bills. We'll be right back. All right, so we got we got through our our, our what do we give it up for Lent? And uh, I, I thought maybe we might throw out another example, but uh, I'll tell you what: if you guys uh, go to the comments over at onefootdown.com, where the where the podcast will will rest, uh, definitely give us your own examples of what you want Notre Dame to give up. Uh, maybe it's I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, they're, they're, my list is long, uh, but it just makes me seem like a fucking crank if I just list it all off. Um, I the think they should stop. Well, they should they should give up. Hi, they should give up hiding the rivalry trophies. Bring them sons of bitches out. Quit hiding them. That's what the fencing team did today. Yeah, when you when you beat SC, man, hoist that shillelagh. Take a fucking victory lap around the around the stadium. What what is the problem there? Hoist it uh, up. I want to back, Google come the back to the body and do your swaying I while want- you have the stick in your hand. But what if I Google Jude Shalali and I won't, don't want and I want to see Carson Palmer? What do I do? That's all you're gonna get is Carson <laughs> Palmer. Oh, oh well, good, or, good. Or I want to see some Mike Kelly's of office. It's, it's dis- disappointing, just at least. <laughs> so, one of the things uh, Brendan has brought up to us. Uh, just in our, our own conversations, uh, us three and, and something I put out there, uh, on the site is about <clears throat> what do we do with the, what do we do with our kids? Right. We're Notre Dame fans. You got kids. They're coming up. You know, when do you take them to a game? Now look, Jack ain't making this cheap. <laughs> These games have gotten more and more expensive. However, I will say, I, I will say very strongly because Notre Dame dropped there and, you know, they gave up something for Lent. Last year, and that was to give up the mirage of this uh, whole sellout business. And in doing so, it freed up a lot of tickets. Notre Dame, what Notre Dame would used to do is if they would have 3,000 tickets unsold, they would call up their corporate partners like Meyer or whatnot, and <clears throat> those tickets would be bought and then distributed out to, uh, you know, to the people that work for them, uh, which is a nice thing. But now, because they don't have to pull this you know, pull this magic trick every week. Uh, now there are more and more tickets available. Like, look, it's a big stadium. You know, we went from, it's not like it was in, you know, 1991, uh, where you're trying to, everyone wants to get into this, you know, 59,000 seat stadium. It's a big stadium. Even after they reduced it, there's plenty of tickets. And I think we saw this year, like when the, when the, when the streak ended, people were getting tickets for like eight bucks online. I, pretty common thing like Navy week you get, I mean, Navy, I mean, come on, who wants to say that anyways, but eight bucks 
I mean, that's pretty cheap. So when you're thinking about kids, obviously, you know, if you got, you know, you don't want to waste your money because you knows what's going to happen with a kid. Are they there for, for 10 minutes and it's cold? Everyone knows how you're, you know how your kids are. Everyone's are different. They react to things differently. Um, but one of the great events that goes on to kind of break them in, in my opinion, is the spring game, right? That was my thought. Cheap tickets. The game moves fairly quickly. There is there's no there's premium no on it. There's no loser. You know, you don't have you don't have a awkward car ride home. Um, you know, it's it, it it all it's all condensed. Now weather is an issue. Some years it's it's really good weather. There's been years where it has been god awful. Um, it's just April in Indiana. You know what? It's a it's a coin flip. Uh, but generally, you know, you're, you're talking about mid-April. It, it, it's got a tendency to be a, a decent decent weather for the game. I I pose and look, Wes, the Irish Titanist, used to host this podcast. He's the one that that uh, that I first heard this idea from because I because I never thought about it or talked to anybody about it. He started breaking his kids in this way. Uh, and it is, it's a good way to get your kids exposed to Notre Dame. It's cheap, quick. Uh, there's a whole lot of good, there's a whole lot of stuff going invo- involved in, in with the blue and gold weekend. Um, so if you're alumnus, um, there's all sorts of events going on. Yeah. Cause my daughter, my, my oldest Sophia, she's five and a half. Um, and she she likes Notre Dame. We watched uh, we watch a lot of uh, Notre Dame highlight clips. Uh, I like to let her watch just the best moments of it. How old uh, is she? And she's five, five and a half. Five. Yeah, uh, Jude, you took you took your son this this year to Virginia, correct? Right. He's, he was seven. Uh, yeah, but just a caveat to that, I, I got the tickets um, for free for free. So that's why I felt like I could take that chance. Because, uh, you know, my experience with him was uh, there were certain aspects that he liked, but probably 10 minutes to go left in the second quarter. He asked if we could go home for the first time. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously yeah. that's that was a, a little bit one. more like. A, yeah. And I want to be locked into the game because the, the reason I, I wouldn't want to do a uh, an actual game, it doesn't even matter if it it's the Western Michigan or the Arkansas game. I only get 12 of those, 13 of them. I only get 12 <laughs> of those, 13 of them, 14 this season, a year. Um, and I put such a premium on it that I don't want to miss, a, you know, just like Aerosmith saying in the hit movie. Um, uh, you don't want to miss a thing, man. Armageddon. I don't want to miss a thing. So. Dude, you, you, your son ended up, you guys, but you guys, you were at the game the whole game, right? Uh, no, we ended up leaving, um, you know, just kind of as a, as a mercy thing when, when our name got up 35, 17. So okay. it was, the, it was the fourth quarter, but, um, you know, it, it was a lot. It, the, I mean, you know, how, how would you, how would you rate that, rate that experience? I know you've talked before, you know, Jared Grace, uh, was uh, sitting by you yeah, guys and Ben council. Yeah. was, we're yep. sitting behind us and they, they put my, my kid up to do pushups or whatever, oh, yeah. which he absolutely loved. Um, Look, he said he had a great time. Um, you know, I made some mistakes in terms of how I got him out there. I, I spent, you know, w- we did it all day out um, from New York, upstate New York to to Notre Dame. 
and I think that exhausted him. And then I, I got him out there too early in terms of the tailgating scene and stuff like that. He just needed a lot more. He needed a lot less yeah. um, because yeah. it was it was it was very overwhelming. The whole thing was just a lot of information being brought in, and he was tired. And so, you know, it just it's not his. You know, he he doesn't really even watch the games with me at home. He he roots for the Irish. He has fun at the games. Um, I've tried him at a lot of different things, and actually, women's basketball he's been the best at. Um, we've gone to two women's basketball games, and he he's really enjoyed himself. I think it's because. You get to go down low for the women's basketball game because they're usually they're usually playing Syracuse and it's it's not a big deal. Um, so you know that it's up close. The ball's pretty big. You can follow the action pretty pretty much. Um, you know, for football, the things he kind of enjoyed were like the band, the, kind of the periphery stuff. You know what I mean? Like I got, I bought him some food and stuff like that. It, it was more about that stuff and the and the push-ups than it was about the the you know what's happening in the game or you know tell me what offsides is. You know, right. And for uh, for me, I took my uh, my middle child Ryan, uh, my oldest son, for the first time in 2018, and it, it, it's not it's not really an experience. Um, it, it was it was different. Um, you know, first of all, I at first I tried to. My brother-in-law has season tickets. Uh, he's a professor up there at ND. He gets season tickets every year, and most of the time he's just he just has them uh, for other people to use. Um, and that was a weekend I was like, hey, you know, it's Ball State. Uh, I said to my wife, I'm like, you know, I, you know, Ryan can go to that game. She's like, oh, that's great, you know. I said, yeah, you know, I'll have him and John sitting there, and I, you know, I'm going to be up in the press box working. Uh, I got a pretty evil glare from my wife uh, about, <laughs> <laughs> about me not being with him uh, for his first game inside Notre Dame Stadium. And, and I totally get it. It wasn't anything I argued about. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, you're, you're right. So unfortunately, well, that was a I blowout have, game, right? I mean, it was a game that Notre Dame won handily, yeah, and that yeah, there was no. Let me no get issue. to that. Let me, let me get to that part. But so I had, you know, so I got this press pass and you know free parking and all that. So, but I end up having to buy face value uh, two tickets, which begrudgingly did. But you know, hey, I'm gonna take Ryan to his first game. So because I had a little little thing around my neck, uh, and because. Notre Dame's security was a little lax. Um, you know, I got him in to a lot of places that most can't, can't, I mean, I, I was like, man, I couldn't imagine being your age. I mean, he was seven at the time. Yeah, seven. Uh, so took him up to the press box. Uh, we ate some free. Get a, I'm like, dude, eat. Uh, got a bunch <laughs> of free, you know, ate, ate the free hot dogs uh, before we went down there. But, you know, we were walking around the stadium before they let any of the people with tickets in. So it was like this giant empty space for me to just kind of walk him around and show him, show him around. And it, it, it was a different experience because it was, because of all that, it wasn't a normal, wasn't the way I remembered going with my dad. Let's put it that way. Uh, there's a lot more to it. Um, how much I was allowed to really do, I don't know, but no one seemed to mind uh, <laughs> as I was doing it. Um, but to Jude's point, I, it was a lot for him to take in. Um, it wasn't, you know, we were, we went out and met people tailgating and all that stuff as well. So not only was he, did he get some of the tailgate action, he's getting like a tour from me around the stadium and up in the press box and, you know, kind of all over. And that was a lot leading up to the game itself. Uh, Four hour process. Like, yeah, you, know, I, I, you could tell he was getting a little, little weary. I mean, but it, Man, I gotta tell you, it was nice. You know, like how old was how old was he at this point, Josh? He was seven. 
Okay, seven. Okay, so you had this. Yeah. You had a similar experience. <laughs> yeah. So and then you know I'm telling him you know hey it's Ball State we're gonna kill him it's gonna be a lot of touchdowns buddy blah 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 blah. Brandon Wimbush should throw three touchdowns. As the as the game goes on you know he looks at me and he's like hey uh hey dad I thought you said there's gonna be a lot of touchdowns. <laughs> and so at the and at the time too, I, um, Mike Miller was our was the photographer for One Foot Down, and so I, I told Mike I said, "Hey man, I was like, if you could, can you get some shots of uh, of Ryan and I in the stands? We were literally sitting right behind where the photographers um, are at. It's, it's like in section. Uh, oh, it, it's right there by the tunnel. I mean, we're just sure. a few steps over from the tunnel, a few rows up from the from the field." Uh, he's like, yeah, you know, no problem. So when he sends me those pictures of, of Ryan and I in the state, and uh, for a couple of them, we had posed. But for the non-posed ones, <laughs> what what they were was Ryan kind of looking off into the distance of the field while I'm looking down at my phone, looking just furious <laughs> because of how frustrating that game was. Sounds about right. What was your favorite Brandon Wimbush run in that game, by the way? What was your favorite? What was your favorite Brandon Wimbush uh, designed running I know, play? I know exactly. Oh, design run. I don't know, but I know exactly which run was my favorite. Because the there were no design run. runs. <laughs> it was the one he spun around three times, ran left, ran right, uh, spun around again, and then launched it to no one. Uh, that was fun. Um, yeah. So good times. That was my son's first game, uh, which. So the blue goal game, blue goal game is a good idea. Gonna get get that kind of experience. uh, I I think blue goal game is a great idea. Because we, I I don't feel bad about bailing at halftime of the blue gold game. Yeah. And reading some of the fantastic coverage that's at one foot down. So. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, but you, I don't think you'll need to. The the spring game moves so quickly. Yeah, it moves quick. it, and for us, it could be a little boring, right? Because, you know, like last year, what did we all want to see? We wanted to see Ian Book throw down field, throw down field, throw down field. And what we got was run, 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 uh, quick out, quick out, quick out. And then we saw Phil. Oof. But, but the game the game moved at a, at a good clip. Yeah. Um, I've, uh, Jude, you were at the game, weren't you? Or, I was at the – yeah, I was at the Blue Goal game last year. I, I, I wanted to see Phil Jerkovic, and I ended up watching him and thinking to myself – He's taking a lot of sacks. Yeah, because we we met up for the first time at that yeah. game. Yeah, are you guys but, are you, you guys know, going this year? You, I was sp- I was spending a lot of time talking to people around me and sort of half watching the game because I think that's actually a, a perfect part of the blue goal game too, which is like because the stats don't matter. It literally doesn't matter who wins the game. You know, you're just sort of like you're playing one of those games like oh who's 23 now? He looks like a bowling ball. It's not Drew Tranquil. It's Kyron Williams. You know, and it's like figuring out who these player. two guys are. Yeah. So my dilemma with the spring game this year is, is the actual date that it falls on the 18th, April 18th. Yeah. 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 That's uh, that's my wife's birthday. Oh, you uh, can't go. And, and for many years, uh, dating and pre and pre kids marriage, uh, it was just a given. That's where we're going to be is the spring game. And I think once or twice it fell on her birthday, kind of no big deal. You know, we didn't have any kids. Right? So we'd go out, you know, there was one year she got, uh, it was, uh, Jimmy, it was 2007 spring game. Uh, Jimmy Clausen's debut. Oh, that's the junior jabby game. Great. Yeah. Junior jabby game. Great weather, right? Sunny, gorgeous out. And Gold MVP my, junior jabby. My wife just got absolutely tanked, uh, which <laughs> caused all sorts of, uh, of fun, fun stuff. Um, I think we were all a little lit, but, uh, so this year 
I don't know. My my niece's first communion is on the 19th, and that, that's up in that's up in South Bend. So I'm kind of trying to edge her to like, hey, you want to go up Saturday and stay the night instead of having to leave <laughs> leave Sunday morning, uh, you know? And hey, well, I'm gonna go do this for a few minutes, and then then we'll go out. Uh, but uh, honestly, I'm really scared. <laughs> I'm scared to bring it up. <laughs> I know that she knows what's what's happening. So any any kind of play suggestion towards that is just me cutting my own throat. Uh, so we'll we'll see. We'll see. What about you, Judah, you had that other Google game. It's going to be exciting. I am, I am not. It's uh, it is leadership conference weekend for the for the uh, alumni association clubs. And I'd love to be there. But. Um, my buddy is turning 40 the following weekend and we're going to Vegas for the NFL draft to uh, oh, celebrate. Boy. So, oh, boy. Uh, going away two weekends in a row would not be, uh, no, would not be good for marital relations. So. That doesn't sound like any fun. Yeah. Going no, to Vegas. No, it's going to be a terrible time. <laughs> They're not gonna taking players out on a boat. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to suffer through it. So, I mean, we all have to sort of, uh, endure and, uh, yeah, we all have our own crosses to bear, Jude. Correct. Yes, we do. That's the third time I've heard that today. That is literally the third time I've heard that expression today. Ah, you know what's Lent. You know what's coming up. So I know. Another, just a real quick, another thing I think Notre Dame fans should give up is taking too much stock in spring game performances. I mean, we've been we've been laughing about Junior Jabby or whatever, and and that's that's all fun. But um, you know, I I started a whole fan club for Corey Holmes based on his uh, spring game performance uh deshaun kaiser famously was like uh the maybe worst one one for five one for, for four three, yeah i think it was yeah, one for, for three yards and, and he took a safety <laughs> he just looked terrible i mean montgomery van Gogh looked way better than him so um i and that was the year they ended up starting what 10 games that's, that year you know so. that's not a huge diss though because uh gummy was fucking gummy was the shit man oh yeah no that was no disrespect to gummy that there's, was just, there's, no, there's no gun yeah okay that, i mean deshaun kaiser by his own admission, Desai Kaiser's performance was so bad during the spring game, he thought about quitting and trying out for the baseball team. Yeah. So, and then he ends up uh, starting uh, ten games, including typical to- typical Toledo. <laughs> Toledo going to Toledo. I'm surprised. I'm surprised he didn't try to say he was actually a Michigan resident. Well, no, uh, Ohio, Ohio. But that is a knock the on the entire Toledo. city of Toledo. Yeah, they were one in the the war between the two states. Um. And why and why Wisconsin lost the UP? <laughs> it's it's madness. Toledo is nothing but madness. Uh, no wonder there is a MAC team uh, center there. Do you know what else is madness, Josh? <laughs> this whole podcast? No, I'll tell you what's madness. Is this is the final week of the uh, OFD 2010-2019 draft? It's the final week of the voting, and if you looked at the uh, at the at the you guys numbers, still tied? I, we are. I'm clicking on it right now. Let's see here. It, it, it was a tie the last time I looked at it, but you know what? It got sort of. It is still a tie. It is I, still I, a tie. I stopped looking at it. I mean, defensively, I'm I'm I'm, I'm Defense. yeah, because yeah. I've 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 so taken. Brendan has a respectable uh, 48% of the vote for offense. It's commanding, and he uh, has a. He has a mandate for the whole team at 55% of the vote. But for defense, it is a dead nuts tie, 146-146 for 
40% of the vote each um, for defense between, yeah. between me and Brendan. It is. It is getting down to the wire here. Uh, and th- it's this the is, end of the week. It'll be, it'll be up. Two, a couple things about this I wanted to mention. It, it's basically where I thought it would be. I did not believe that my vision would be shared by everybody. And I get that. It's my vision. And you get. Are you, you got, talking you about the T formation? Yeah. Yeah. People that, people that don't understand what's going on there, uh, have fun with that. Uh, when I'm just driving, going on fourth, going forward on fourth down every, every chance. Uh, well, they but, gave it up for Lent. So. But defensively, what is funny is, is I was so mad at myself after, after we drafted our defensive players for number one, for not, ha- not picking Jerron Jones was yeah. the ultimate. And then the more and more I thought about it between Elijah Shoemate and Jalen Elliott, I'm really kicking myself for not taking Elliott over Shoemate. I, I, I seriously considered going straight. Uh, clearly didn't. Without- Clearly didn't hurt you guys at all. I mean, I had I had a guy who. Uh, but was, I mean, if I won yeah, every I award known to man, lifetime, yeah, man, clearly, yeah. Grunt, clearly nobody cared. Ron Jones, the greatest uh, cornerback um, of my adult life uh, that's played for Notre Dame, but you know, um, is friend of the pod. Greg likes to say Juju defense is too slow, man. It's just too slow. All okay. right, sure, whatever. <laughs> now, Greg did like my defense a lot, putting it up as a three-four, and I should have drafted more towards. The three, four anyways. And if I would have took Jerron Jones, I would have had a better route for that rather than having Ethan Johnson being my biggest. So I wish, I mean, Ethan Johnson is a big, I mean, he was a big D end anyways. D, I mean, he played three technique, no problem at defensive tackle. But if I took Jerron Jones, I could have definitely leaned more into the, uh, the three, four route. Um, you know, but I mean, Julian, he's still do it now, putting Julian Aquara out, uh, you know, as an outside linebacker, that's that could, that could be a role for him in the league, anyways. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's, it's the last it's a, week of the voting. It's, so a, it's a very it's a very fast athletic defensive front. Jalen Smith, you know, up there and all that. Uh, but yeah, Jerron Jones, and then uh, I, I probably should have would have took him uh, instead of uh, Aaron Lynch, and then uh, should have took Jalen Elliott instead of Elijah Shoemate. But uh, you know. I could be honest and say, no, you know, everyone that drafts their teams, like the NFL, everyone loves their drafts. Uh, and then they'd never admit to their mistakes, uh, even when they watch it, watch them just waste money. Uh, Gettleman, or, uh, Gettleman <laughs> or Haslin or whatever, Matt Millen. No, if I'm not going to punt, what am I even doing? I mean, I don't know. You're not punting. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, you have, until, you have until 11.59 p.m. in the Eastern to vote on that uh, on Friday, the 28th. is uh, 11.59 p.m. Eastern on the 28th is the last day of voting. Um, so go vote. Jude needs some help, y'all. He, it's, a, it's a solid team. It's a solid team, but uh, man. That, I, just, I didn't pick the right all, people, all those, I guess. All those guards. All those guards. <laughs> what do you mean? I got two tackles, a guard, and a center, just like you all. And I actually drafted a tight end. You did draft a tight end. Drafted Not everybody drafted a tight end. Not everyone did. I didn't okay. draft a wide receiver. You sure didn't. 
You sure didn't? Don't need them. Look, I said this in the I said this in the chat. Like, I I think look, the the offensive stuff was different philosophies, and and you know my blind spot was not realizing what what you were doing with the with the T formation, and I got I got too far behind on the offensive line. So so I own that. Um, and if you guys, you know, if, that, if that's what ultimately do me in the offensive rankings, that's fine. But I mean, you look at my defense, it just, it stacks up as well as anybody else's defense. I mean, you guys, I mean, Greg says they're slow, but you know what? They had just as many tackles and just as many forced fumbles and just as many pass breakups and just as many interceptions as all, as all your players and stuff. I just, I think for some reason I got penalized for not picking recent players. And I think there's a lot. I honestly think people were looking to see people that they liked that were recent and I didn't pick a lot of recent players and, and, and I picked a lot of players on teams that weren't very good, but, uh, they were good players. And, yeah. uh, and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm literally shocked at that, that, it, you know, that it, there's, it's 40, 40, 20, because, um, I think my team's better than, than getting 20% of the vote, but that's just me. So, well, it, well it's, it's 16% for your team. <laughs> oh, well, that doesn't add up then. And then you're only they're doing ninety six percent. Where the other four? Well, it doesn't go. add up. There's there's different vote totals. Not it's with three eighty nine for offense, three sixty two for defense. No, I'm just talking about the defense. You oh, guys yeah, are at yeah. forty each, right? So I must have the last twenty. I can add to a hundred. Can you? Well, well, it's night. It's nineteen, but it's a funny math. Okay. There's pro. There's probably you know it doesn't do point. I, I, I know how math centric you are, Jude, but I'm, it's just a basic thing here. It's, it's not going to give us point, uh, point sixes and point, point threes and all that. Unfortunately, it's so accurate. So accurate. Hey, it doesn't matter how accurate you are if you're going for it on fourth down. <laughs> Every time, Brandon Wimbush flying down the, flying down the side. How could you stop? All right. I don't know. He, it's, they're so fast. It's such a fast. Offense running precision with these fucking giant tackles just sealing the edge with these big fucking tight ends. It's a beautiful thing. It's a, it, they're elite players running ball jobs. It was off. like the Lane Kiffin's entire defense was piled on Robert Hughes' back and they weren't able to tackle him. I don't know how any offense uh, or defense is going to be able to expect to tackle him with uh, the sort of uh, blocking that he has. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, back dump works every time, too. That is a beautiful pass play. Especially with Kyle Rudolph right. with his, like, half a leg. All right. <laughs> he's healthy. He's got to pluck him out when he's healthy. Anyways, what else we got to let, – let's finish this up. Uh, Jude, you got anything to, to close us out with? Uh, I got nothing. I I just um, glad the women's lacrosse team won today. Beat Ohio State. Always good to beat the Buckeyes, and uh, they're number two in the nation. So just keep on rolling. Yeah, we shot our shot in that first uh, couple of minutes, didn't we? <laughs> with uh, with all the other sports. <laughs> Brandon, you got anything good? Yeah, I think that uh, as Notre Dame fans, we need to at some point in the near future start to have a real discussion on where John Mooney fits into the hierarchy of the double-double men that the university has basically rolled through since uh, Luke Herigotti. Um I mean, Mooney's up there with Colson and Connor. I mean, I think Ryan. the national media needs to have a fucking I mean, sit-down. They, they, they all want to they praise him during the game, and yet every list that vote. comes out, uh, he's nowhere to be found. But, I mean, he's up there with Colson and Connaughton and Goaty, right? I mean, he's 
he's been absolutely magisterial be. this series this season and i i just i'm excited to see how he finishes this season out and if he can put a bow on it and make a run to the tourney because if he does if if Notre Dame can sneak into this tourney it's probably going to be because of old Johnny Mutton uh showing his chops so yeah look Notre Dame would come in like i i took a guess like Think about Notre Dame as a 12 seed. Oh, disgusting! That's, Again, matched up against some AAC five seed against an AAC. Yeah, that's an easy bracket buster right there. Yeah, no, that's, I, that's I, kind of what has me excited. There's that, there's that hope that they get in, and if they do, it's going to be one of those bracket buster spots that you could really get up on. Like if they, if they're hot shooting the three like they were tonight, where just that's they, tournament play. That's tournament play. Yeah. Oh no, they are a team who could make a run for. They're not going to go to Dayton and do one of those play-in games. I mean, like if, they're the 12th, seed? if they're the 12 seed, I'd, they could, right? 12 yeah, seed, they could. Yeah. yeah, I think doesn't the 12 seed do a play-in or is that the 11? I thought it was I the 11, but yeah, yeah, I think it was 11. Yeah. But I, I remember, like, I remember, like, a mediocre Syracuse team being like the one of the play-in games, and they won the tournament. They won the whole thing, didn't they? Didn't they come in off of? It was a 12-loss Syracuse. Didn't they? Uh, didn't they end up making a making a run to the final four? I don't know. Syracuse gets in a yeah, twelve know. losses. Notre Dame. <laughs> Jim Beheim's got him on lock. I, I picked them to lose I, like I, I picked them to lose like first round every every year because like that's how you can make money around here because everyone's like Syracuse final four. You know what I mean? Like even if they're not even good, it's, so many people have Syracuse in the pools around here. So that's you know. Uh, pick Syracuse to lose early and hope that hope that works out for you. You know, and I th- I think John. I mean, I think Mooney. Man, he needs a look. People need. Notre Dame's had some prolific double double. They, they need to respect the John Mutton. Yeah, the man's going to average a double double for two seasons in a row, but there's no tournament to back to back him up. It's just like just like any, just like a, a quarterback at Notre Dame winning bowl games, shit like that. How much of Bonzi's legacy is that ACC title, the ACC uh, tournament title, right? Because Bonzi basically put put the team on his back and took him to an ACC title game, right? And won it. Won the ACC title. Well, I mean, Connaughton and Yeah, Connaughton and Grant might have helped I mean, a little bit. That team was know. loaded. Uh, but, 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 I mean, Bonzi was a big part of that team, uh, but it was just kind of – it was more of an uh, – uh, is a younger player coming up, coming up on that. Shocking. I mean, Bonzi Coles, Colson never looked like a, a baller. Uh, and then he just goes out there. He, he's like, it's like deceptive speed, right? He's like the Ed McCaffrey of Notre Dame basketball. Uh, and then he just go out there and straight, straight ball. So is Bonzi G league in it these days? What, where is Bonzi? He's in Istanbul. He just had a oh. um, tweet out. Constantinople. Um, <laughs> not necessarily. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. That's it. I I got the uh the they might be giants reference, um, yeah the uh no he, I saw he put a tweet out today where he was um you know bon, somebody gave a shout out to Bonzi Colson I think he was I don't I don't know what it was for but if you uh, check in these basketball Twitter they retweeted something out from Bonzi Colson he was looking he was looking fit. Did uh, you guys see that Max Redfield turned down the Guardians in the XFL to go play football over in Italy? Yeah. Probably because I didn't know that. I didn't know that the other day. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, it, I don't know. It it, still, it shouldn't shock you with Max Redfield, uh, but it is a little, like who else is over there though? 
Oh, I have no idea. Like, in Italy? That, that's what, I didn't even know they played football in like, Italy. Because I, I figured, okay, yeah, they're paying more money. I'm like, well, all right, well, who else might be over there uh, playing? Brendan, just, they, of course they play football in Italy. It's called soccer. Oh, that's true. I just when I when I think of when I think of uh, you know moving over to Italy like that, I just uh, just make sure that you check and make sure that your car have someone else check that your car starts. Don't let your new bride do it. You know, I have an <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, oh, Wednesday, Friday. <laughs> I will not let this slander go on. It, I not, appreciate the fact that work. it was that it was uh, that you were not in charge. Um, that it was Pat Manning the controls, and you did not see. You'll look it up after this, uh, but you didn't see the tweet that I put out uh, that the OFD podcast, uh, the one foot down, retweeted about how I ate my pasta for dinner tonight. If you ate it with scissors, I'm gonna fucking lose it. Oh well, maybe maybe uh, maybe you can lose it off the podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Uh, uh, my head might explode. Seriously, you ain't possible with fucking scissors. Yeah, I'm. I'm. There was. What did there you was do with those trash noodles? Um, I just threw them where noodles belong. No, I didn't need it with fucking scissors. What do I look like? A goddamn savage? No, I. But I did. I did have the perfect photo op. Because uh, you'll you'll notice you'll notice if you look at the picture, there is the appropriate spoon next to it. The scissors. As soon as I took the picture, I got rid of them because I'm not a beast. Uh, but I do eat my, I do eat my, I was raised right. Even as an Irish kid, uh, all of my father's, uh, um, you know, all of his, uh, cousins are Italian. Um, so, so we were at least raised right, uh, to, to eat with the, the spoon and the, the fork. Jude, do you know the video that we're speaking of? I do. I, I, I didn't realize it was going to be so controversial. I just saw a guy oh. who was like, I don't know. Yeah, he wasn't Duck using Dynasty a spoon. Guy? He, yeah, he was. He, he wasn't using a spoon. He was doing it with scissors. And I, I didn't. Honestly, it didn't move me one way or another. It didn't. It didn't strike me as as something that was offensive. I just said, "All right, old old guys being old guys or whatever." And then, you no, know, I had I had originally saw that on TikTok, and then about four hours later, I see it pop up on Twitter, and my I wasn't so infuriated by it. I mean, I see it. I just see. All right, there's just some random old dude that's just living his life, whatever. But then you start seeing people praise him as a, this is something genius. And there was a switch that turned on to me. Like, are you kidding me? And I I just lost it. I just like, who in the hell thinks it's a good idea? And apparently a lot of people did. It's like, Oh, this is fucking trash. This is a terrible idea. You are pissing down the bootleg of Italy. Yeah. I, it, uh, I, I knew, I knew if I put it out there, uh, that it'd get you. Uh, I knew Pat was run, was running at the that time. So I, could sneak bar- it, I could, I could sneak it under the radar. Uh, not only is it was going to get you at the barbaric end. and totally and just ridiculous looking, but it's, it's also inefficient. You think you're doing something great, but now you got all these trash little noodles down there. Wow. How the fuck are you going to eat all that little crap? So here's the thing is when we were eating these noodles, by the way. You still need a spoon. So, well, Sophia gets to the bottom and she finished eating all of her noodles, except that she would eat the noodles and then she'd bite them and the trash noodles would fall to the bottom. And I shit you not, at dinner tonight, she was like, 
dad, help me. I can't eat all of these little noodles. And they were just like the tiny little bits of noodles. And I go, Sophia, that's why we just eat all of the noodles and we don't bite them off. That's how you're supposed to eat noodles. You don't bite them off. And that's what trash scissors person does. My, my five-year-old daughter now understands that you don't bite noodles off. You slurp them up. It's why I refuse to cut my kids' noodles up when they were toddlers. No, I don't care. You're two years old. Fuck, fuck you. Do it. Right. <laughs> Learn to eat a noodle, son. Yeah, forget about it. You know, and as the kid, as you know, you're raising your kids. You make the older one like, hey, show Dylan how to eat a noodle. Leave the trash noodles. Take the cannoli. Yeah, no doubt. All right. I think, I think that be, I think that has led us all the way to uh, we're we're getting the hell out of here. Uh, so uh, I know there's nothing left because we pretty much have covered all the nonsense. So for everyone over at uh, the OFT podcast, go Irish.